Canto 12, Chapter 12 The Topics of Srimad Bhagavatam Summarized Sutta said, Offering my obeisances to Lord Krishna, to the Creator, to the Brahmins and to the Supreme of Dharma, I shall now discuss the eternal nature of religion in terms of the topics discussed in the Bhagavatam. O sages, upon your request, I related to you these wondrous pastimes of Lord Vishnu that are especially suitable for people in respect of the person. The direct interest of this narration is the glorification of the Lord, the remover of all sins, Narayana, the Lord of the senses, the supreme personality and master of the Sattvatas. Herein the creation and annihilation of this universe and the confidential knowledge of the one self-existent supreme spirit is discussed, including the purity of perception and the means of cultivating that self-realization. Bhakti Yoga and the renunciation belonging to it are discussed at length, just as the history of Narada and the story of Parikshit that describes how the sage among the kings fasted until death because of a curse of the son of a sage to the occasion of which he had a conversation with Shuka, the best of the Brahmins. What follows is a discussion of how one may attain liberation by concentrating in yoga in case one has to die, a conversation between Narada and Brahma, the row of avatars, and how the process of evolution takes place from the primary of nature, or pradana. Next, there is the discussion Vidura had with Uddhava and the one Vidura had with Maitreya, preceded by what a Purana entails in general, following which the subject is discussed of the winding up of creation within the Mahapurusha. It then continues about the creation as happening from the modes of material nature, the generation of the seven derivatives, and the evolution of the egg of the universe from which the universal form of the Lord arises. The gross and subtle movements of time are also discussed, including the generation of the lotus and the killing of Hiranyaksha in order to deliver the earth from the ocean. Then there is a discussion about the creation of the higher beings, the animals and the lower species, the birth of Rudra and the appearance of Swayambhuvamanu from the male-female division of the Lord. Discussed are the progeny of the first woman Shatarupa, the excellent consort of Manu, the offspring of the nine daughters of the pious wife Devahuti of the founding father Kardama, the descent of the Supreme Soul, the Supreme Personality of Lord Kapila, and the conversation the scholarly Kapila had with Devahuti, his mother. The stories about the descendants of the nine Brahmins who married Kartama's daughters, the destruction of Daksha's sacrifice, and the history of Dhruva are then followed by those about Prithu and Prachinabari, his conversation with Narada, and the stories about Priyavrata, Nabi, and the lives of Rishaba and Bharata Maharaj, O Brahmins. The continents, subcontinents and oceans the mountains and rivers are described in detail, as also the complete of the celestial sphere and the situation of the subterranean regions and hell. Next, there are the descriptions of Daksha's rebirth as the son of the Prachetas 
and the progeny of his daughters constituting the demigods, demons and human beings, the animals, serpents, birds and other species. There is also an account of the birth and death of Vritra, the son of Tashta, and the two sons of Diti, Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu, O Brahmins, and the history of the great soul Pralada, the lord of the Daityas. The reigns of the Manus are described in detail, as also the liberation of the king of the elephants, Gajendra, and the avatars of Lord Vishnu for each period of Manu, like Ayashirsha, Nishrima, Vamana, Matsya, and the descent of Kurma for the purpose of supporting the churning of the nectar from the milk ocean by the inhabitants of heaven. Next, there is an account of the great war between the demons and the gods, as also the succession of the dynasties of kings, the dynasty of the great soul Sujumna, and the birth of Ikshvaku and his dynasty. In this book, the stories about Ilam and Tada are discussed, including the description of the descendants of the Surya Vamsa, like Shashada and Nriga. Then, there are the stories about Sukanya, the daughter of Shariati, the intelligent Kakuchta, Mandata, Sobari, Sagara and Katvanga. The actions of Lord Ramachandra, the king of Koshala, are presented that dispel all sin, of Nimi, who gave up his material body, and also the appearance of the descendants of King Janaka is discussed. The elimination of the ruling class by Lord Parashurama, the greatest descendant of Brigu, is discussed, as also Ayla, Nahusha, Yayati, Dushmanta's son Bharata, Shantanu, and Shantanu's son Bhishma of the Chandravamsha and the celebrated dynasty of Yadu, the eldest son of Jayati. It is the dynasty in which the Supreme Lord known as Krishna, the master of the universe, descended in the house of Vasudeva. Subsequently his birth and how he grew up in Gokula are described. His countless exploits are next glorified. How he sucked the milk along with the life heir out of Putana, how he as a child broke the cart and trampled Trinavarta, killed Baka, Vatsa and Aga, and how he dealt with Brahma, who hid the calves and boys, how he with his companions destroyed Denuka and Paralamba, and how he saved them, the Kopas, from a forest fire that entrapped them. There is the story about the taming of the snake Kalia, the contentment of the infallible Lord about the vows observed by the young gopis, the mercy for the sorry wives of the Brahmins performing a sacrifice, the lifting of Govardhana Hill, and the worship and ritual bathing next performed by Indra and Surabi, Krishna's sporting with the gopis during the nights, the rescue of Nanda Maharaj from a great serpent, and the killing of the foolish Shankachuda, Arishta and Keshi. There is the description of the arrival of Akrura and the departure thereafter of Rama and Krishna, the lamentation of the women of Vraja and the tour of the lords in Mathura, the killing of the elephant Kuvalayapita, of the restless Mushtika and Chanura, and of Kamsa and others is discussed as also the retrieval of the deceased son of Sandipani, the guru. 
residing in Mathura, in the company of Uddhava and Balarama, O Brahmins, the Lord performed pastimes for the satisfaction of the circle of the Yadus. Next, there are stories about the repeated annihilation of the troops assembled by Jarasandha, about the founding of Dwaraka, and about the killing of the king of the barbarians. These are followed by descriptions of the kidnapping of Rukmini, to the occasion of which the Lord defeated his rivals in battle, and how the Parijata tree, together with the Sudharma hall, were obtained from the abode of the demigods, from Indra. The killing of the master of Prajyotishapura and the taking away of the young maidens is discussed, with next following the forced yawning of Shiva in the battle with Bana and the severing of Bana's arms. The Bhagavatam also discusses the prowess and death of Panchajana, Shambhara, Pita, Mura, Dvivida, the king of Chedi, Shalva, the foolish Dantavakra and others, how the Pandavas became the direct cause for Krishna to relieve the earth's burden, and how the burning of Varanasi came about. There is the story of the withdrawal of his family on the pretext of a curse from the Brahmins, and an account of the wonderful discussion between Vasudeva and Uddhava, in which the science of the true self came to its full expression in ascertaining the Dharma. Thereafter, his forsaking the mortal world by the strength of his own mystical power is related. Also discussed are the characteristics of the different yugas and their corresponding behaviors, the disturbance of men in Kali Yuga, the four types of annihilation, and the three guna kinds of creation. Finally, there is an account about Vishnu Rata Parikshit, the intelligent saintly king, who had to relinquish his body, the story of how the seer Vyasa and others conveyed the branches of the Veda, the pious narration about Markandeya, the composition of the universal form of the Mahapurusha, and the arrangement of time in relation to the sun, the self of the universe. Thus, O best of the Brahmins, I have discussed here everything that you asked about. Therewith I have praised the complete of the activities of the Lord's Lila Avataras. When one falls, trips, hurts oneself, or sneezes, and then spontaneously loudly cries, Haraya Namaha, obeisances to Hari, one is freed from all reactions to one's sin. Of persons, glorifying the Supreme Lord and hearing about the potency of the Unlimited One, all vice that enters the heart is cleansed away entirely, the same way the sun removes the darkness or a strong wind removes the clouds. False, meaningless, empty words are all those discussions wherein the Supreme Lord in the beyond is not mentioned. Only those stories are true, auspicious and meritorious, that have the qualities of the fortunate one as their conclusion. Those words are pleasing, attractive and always new that praise the glories of Uttama Shloka, the one celebrated in the verses. To the mind, they mean a constant great celebration that for everyone dries up the ocean of misery. A use of colorful words never describing the glories of the Lord that sanctify the entire universe compares to a place of pilgrimage for crowds and is never served by the swan-like pure saintly devotees who think of Achuta only. That creation of words, 
which revolutionizes the sins of the people and in which, although imperfectly composed, each verse depicts the names and glories of the unlimited Lord, is heard, sung and accepted by the ones who are purified and honest. Even endeavoring free from material motives, spiritual knowledge devoid of the love of the infallible one actually does not look very good. What is the use of fruit of labor always giving pain, even when done perfectly, when it is not offered to the Lord? The great effort of faithful to the scriptures and with penance fulfilling one's duties within the Varnashrama system leads to nothing but a good name and wealth. But when one listens and exercises respect and so on with glorifying his qualities, one obtains the remembrance of the lotus feet of the maintainer of the goddess of fortune. The remembrance of Lord Krishna's lotus feet destroys everything inauspicious and leads to good fortune. Connected in knowledge, wisdom and detachment, one with devotion unto the Supreme Soul arrives at purification of the heart. You, O most eminent Brahmins, are all extremely fortunate with a fixed position for Narayana, the original soul and Godhead of all, in your heart. With that love for the heavenly Lord beyond whom no other is found, be perpetually of worship. I also was reminded of this science of the soul hearing it in the attentively listening assembly of great sages from the mouth of Shuka, the supreme sage, when King Parikshit was fasting until death. O Brahmins, this, what I told you about the glories of Vasudeva, whose great actions are so worthy to be described, completely puts an end to all inauspiciousness. Someone who with unswerving attention Every yama and every kshana with faith makes others listen or faithfully listens himself to but one verse or even half a verse, but one line or even half a line, therewith certainly purifies his soul. If one, refraining from eating, with careful attention recites from or listens to the Bhagavatam on the eleventh or either twelfth day, one will be blessed with a long life and be freed from all that causes a fall. When one, self-controlled and fasting, studies this collection of verses at the holy places of Pushkara, Mathura or Dvaraka, one will be freed from the fear of time or of a material life. The demigods and sages, the perfected souls and the forefathers, the progenitors and the kings will bestow all that one desires when one glorifies these verses by proclaiming them or listening to them. A twice-born soul who studies them will, as a result, obtain the same rivers of honey, ghee and milk that one acquires by studying the Rig, Yajur and Sama verses. Diligently studying this essential compilation of classical stories, someone twice-born will attain that supreme position the Supreme Personality of God had spoke about. An educated man, studying them, acquires knowledge of matters. A king acquires the domain encircled by the oceans. A businessman acquires the control over treasures. And a worker will rid himself of all that leads to a fall-down. While the fortunate one, in his countless forms, is extensively described in the form of stories in each of these verses, 
By contrast, Hari, the lord of all beings who annihilates all the impurities of Kali Yuga, is elsewhere in other scriptures not constantly glorified. I am bowed down to him, the unborn, unlimited, real self by whose energies there is the creation, maintenance and destruction of the universe, to him, the infallible Lord whose glory is hard to understand for even the masters of heaven being headed by the unseen one, the mighty one and the beneficent one. My obeisances to the eternal Lord, the best of all the gods, to the fortunate one whose manifestation is pure consciousness and who, by the collection of his nine powers, settled for his own self as the refuge for the moving and non-moving living beings. I bow down to him, the son of Vyasa, who defeats everything inauspicious, he who, attracted in his heart by the pleasing pastimes of the unconquerable Lord, in denial though of any other type of consciousness, was as merciful to give up his solitary happiness and disclose the Bhagavata Purana about his activities, the light of reality.